Caddyshack. That's a good sports movie. Ooh, we could do sports movies. We could do Sandlot. Or are we doing just golf movies? Because then if we're just doing Tin Cup and then we do Happy Gilmore and then we do Caddyshack, the golf trilogy. We could do that. <laughs> I think that's a very narrow audience. It's the it's only like, sports that's actually <laughs> be able to play right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> that and bowling. Well. Every other lane. Oh, have you seen that they have like corn tusk? Like cornhole? Yeah, they have like a, their own league. You can't yeah. social distance in cornhole. Yeah, you can. No. No, they seriously have a league. You can watch on ESPN. That's the only sport thing that's happening that right now. That's fantastic. That's been going on for a while. I didn't know that. I'm already like three seasons in. <laughs> cornhole Masters. <laughs> Those really good people. They that's don't a miss. horrible like way to say it. Hey, are you a cornhole master? Wait, wait, a cornhole master? <laughs> How many of those have you had? I'm a master at some. I'm a master of coals. cornhole. <laughs> Beanbag toss. That sounds better. <laughs> Raindrops on roses. No? Sex and, with kittens and so mints? Sex with kittens. Oh, I didn't meant so that. It came oh. out. <laughs> it's the hills are alive with the sound, sound of music. Hey, hey, and welcome to season two of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast, where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one who tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. What up, yo? Yodelay, hoo-hoo. Eddie. <laughs> Raindrops. Yodelay, 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 <laughs> And our special guest, my mother, Mary Rose. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> With every review, we tell you how many drinks it takes to get through each movie selection. At the end of the podcast, we'll write the movie based on a scale of 0 to 5. 0 is a perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and 5 is a terrible film that you must be drugged away by Nazis to enjoy. Uh, Jeez! Uh, Going straight for it. This is a Walt Disney movie, well, right? Hey, this is not a Disney movie. <laughs> oh, it's a Fox movie. That's right. In addition to our review, we generally pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance our viewing experience. We invite you now to shake stir or mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review with that what movie do we have echoing in the hills of austria this evening tonight Tonight we have the 1965 musical classic the sound of music set in the 1930s austria a young woman named maria dame julie andrews is failing miserably in her attempts to become a nun when navy captain georg von trapp and christopher Plummer. Writes to the convent asking for the governess that can handle his seven mischievous, weird, weird children. Oh. <laughs> Maria is given the job. The captain wife is dead and he's often away and runs the household in as strictly as he does the ship he sails on. The children are unhappy, resentful of the governess that their father keeps hiring and manages to run each of them off one by one. Kind of like Mary you Poppins. Know, they just want. Their dad. That's yeah, what they thinking, want. How many movies in the 1960s were just like, all right, we got, we have got a governess or a housekeeper or a, like it's a it's Nanny McPhee. It's the same Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins, Mary Poppins, Poppins. the yeah, year before. Same, yeah, it's the same kind of. Uh, anyway, mm, Eddie, take us through the cocktail. It was the 60s. Uh, with each movie, we try to pair the tone, feel, and overall impact of the story of the cocktail. Sometimes the drink will be referenced directly in the film, and other times the drink will be simply inspired by the film. Tonight, since 
Yeah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, yeah, Jeremiah. I had to look look around and say, it was Jeremiah, right? <laughs> hey, Jeremiah has uh, uh, chose the movie, so he has offered no, the cocktail. No, I don't know if he chose the movie, but he chose the cocktail. I chose the cocktail. I chose the movie. I wasn't ready to watch like, <laughs> a three-hour movie. <laughs> I, was like, I got the cocktail from Jeremiah, but Sean chose no, the movie. No, I chose the I've been super busy. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> this was Sean's choice, and I, and I went with the cocktail. It was a team effort. Of course it was my choice. It's before 1970. <laughs> Tonight's cocktail is a pink parasol. This is taken from the scene in the film where they are sitting out on the veranda watching the new woman of the house unsuccessfully play with the children and enjoying a glass of pink lemonade. For a full recipe of this delicious cocktail, tastes like fruit punch, by the way, we invite you to look at our website, thegentlemanpodcast.com. Uh, as most of you are aware already, every Friday before the Monday release of our new episode, Jeremy works very hard to photograph the cocktail that we've chosen. We post this pic on our Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. The dot means a lot at the dot gentleman podcast, as well as on our website at the gentleman Mary, actually, can you give us the review for our second season? For our second season, we've decided to shake it up a bit by reviewing movies that are presented in trilogies, pairs, sets, or sagas. These movies have some cultural impact either on the film industry, on society, or on filmmaking in general. Uh, we won't be talking about the movie straight through. Instead, we'll let our conversations flow naturally as we discuss plot, characters, direction, music, cinematography, and anything else that might come up. So let's start with uh, this movie particularly, being that it is from 1965. This, to me, was a staple kind of growing up. And uh, was it? Was it not? Musicals. We loved our musicals. Right. Sound of Music wasn't my personal favorite, <laughs> but 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 it, we did we did watch it. We watched it at least at least at least twice or once every two two years. I would say so. Yeah. So it was one, one of those things. Was that in the in the uh, Jeremy and Eddie household. Was I feel like we watched this when we got in trouble. <laughs> Why else that? Yeah. Like this is the movie. Just like sit down and watch sound the music. It's my favorite. It's <laughs> <laughs> our mother. It was, it was three hours of like just sitting down in bliss from our for our parents and whatnot. Yeah. No, that was that was our little take with sound the music. So I wasn't really too excited to watch the sound of music. I uh, pretty much was watching this movie with the number one fan in the world. <laughs> His girlfriend. Really? <laughs> she is the number one fan of the world. She likes watching the movie and she likes, she, had, do, she likes to participate she and sing along. You're in trouble. Because <laughs> this is just the beginning for you. <laughs> I was just like, so we're going to sing the song? Okay, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Tell her I have a musical oh, no. collection to die for and she needs to start. Oh, she's, she's, already, she's already here. <laughs> I remember this movie uh, also when we watched it when we were in trouble and also in. <laughs> And uh, some, some, I don't know, it reminds me of like uh, I had to watch it in high school. For, I think it was high school or something. And I felt like we watched this in school. Yeah, in history class. But it was like a reason like, hey, you know, congratulations, you pass. Here's three hours of silence so the teacher can just do whatever they wanted to do. <laughs> Pretty much. So but I was uh, so also kind of against watching this um, until I was like, oh, you know, this movie's not going to age well to me. I already kind of know I've watched it like a thousand times. First time watching it actually above the age of 18, though. So it's like, it kind of changes your perspective. It did. It really so did. So I was home alone, and I was—I had just gotten Disney Plus, and it was on Disney Plus. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I'm going to check this out. I haven't seen it in forever." 
And next thing I know, it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm still watching the stupid movie <laughs> or two o'clock. It, it, it was. pulls you in. And it's going like I had no idea what the plot was. I've seen it a thousand times, but I never really watched yes. it. So this is the first time I've watched it in a yes. long time. So let's talk about this, the music, because seriously, the plot in just it goes right into yeah, the no iconic scene. <laughs> Like, I didn't expect that. It's like, you know, it's like this big, like, you know, just shot, this aerial shot of, like, the Alps and then the trees and then a field. And you're, like, seeing this person, like, running. And you're just like, oh, is this the scene? This is the scene. It's happening now. And there it goes. <laughs> and she just starts belting out this song. And it's just, it to me, it sets the tone for the whole movie. Like, she's in charge. She's the one that you're listening to. Everyone else is supporting her. And then it kind of flips the script to me a little bit because her character is anything but this confident singer. It's this kind of more meek, uncertain governess uh, yeah. that comes into a house where she's never done it before. So it just kind of, it was, it was a, a, interesting that that's how they chose to start off the story with her belt, like literally belting out the most beautiful song. Uh, anyway, Mary Rose, can you, or can you guys all kind of think of it like just film by itself? And can you think of another iconic, just opening scene where it just goes right into just the scene of like that pretty much like is timeless or classic. I mean, yeah. that's, that's everybody recognizes that scene. I didn't expect it to be like, 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 like 10 minutes or like, like five minutes into the movie. Yeah. Everyone rec- I mean, there's sort of classic opening scenes. You've got the opening ball from Indiana Jones, which I think is iconic, but that takes 15 minutes to get to. Yeah. This one's just like in your face. In, oh right, my gosh, yeah. this is how it starts. And I feel like, um, for, for a musical, so there's two types of musicals out there. There's the musical where every flipping word is spoken in song, and you go through the whole damn movie, and you never get a like dialogue. It's just they're singing <laughs> you need to a, each you other. You need a break, like Evita, right? I, right. I just can't take it. I can't stand it. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> I mean, it's a great. It's great. It's just I. I can't. I can't do that. I like when. That they just burst into song, like, well, we're we're we we've had this conversation, and now we're going to end it with a little number. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, so we would watch the we would watch the musicals at the movies, and then my dad would buy the records. Oh, so cool. the only way to relive the movie was the to listen to the records. Yeah. So we would play the records over, and my dad was huge musical crazy, and that's why I was a musical crazy, and that's. Why poor Sean is a musical I crazy. I think that's, right. <laughs> that reminds me of my grandma Jane, who passed away last year. She was a uh, um, an opera teacher for a college and for a university and whatnot. And I remember it was just music was everything. And I remember like also too sitting at my grandma Jane's house and watching this movie, forcefully watching this movie. I was like, this is not American Ninja. You know, this yeah. is like this is like <laughs> this, this is definitely is, not a boy movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's definitely not a boy movie. Let me see if I can think of a boy. Calamity Jane is yeah. a boy movie. <laughs> But it just kind of makes it makes you think of a lot of um, those moments, and I think we were just talking about this, you know, just before we actually got on, you know, on our mics. Like certain songs put you in a certain time of your life. You just it just puts you back to it right the moment you just hear it. And, I, and when I heard um, God, what is one of the songs? It transports you. I mean, uh, just a few of my favorite things. Or yeah, yeah it just it transports you back to to me. I remember all the kids in the same room on the stormy night. It's like yes. oh, that's. You know, it's it's something you re, it's relatable, and even like you said, Eddie, you're not sure if the movie's going to hold up. You're not sure if if yeah. it's going to really translate to today. I think that the thing that this movie did successfully is because it was not set in 1965; it was set in the 30s. Yeah. you really don't know what year the movie's made. 
I like it could that. have yeah. been made in yeah. the 30s. Yeah. And uh, it those type of movies to me hold up a lot better than trying to be a modern yeah. movie musical. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I like you were saying within the second uh, musical, the, uh, the, the song, with, song, yeah, with the with the nuns. Yeah, I was dancing with them. <laughs> How do you stop a problem like with Maria? Yeah. Did your kid? Did your kids watch it with you? No, I was. No. This, this was twelve at night. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna have like the same like yeah. you know experience. Like, what, Dad? Why am I in trouble? You know. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that I kind of want to point out as we start going through, and this is a long movie, so we're going to kind of go a little quicker yeah. than normal. Um, <laughs> There's going to be so an yeah, intermission. Now that now we've spent 10 minutes talking about, you know. Uh, so you've got the opening scene where she's in, the, um, in the, the hills of Austria, and she's going down into the abbey where she is kind of uh, a a practicing nun, trying to be a nun, kind of a, a – novice. A, she's a, a novice nun, <laughs> a sister. Um and what I really liked about it is that all the sisters, that song, how do you stop? How do you solve a problem like Maria? They're not trying to get rid of her. They're actually genuinely trying to see where she fits in, where her I, calling is. And I, I thought this was a really nice. It was a really nice reflection on the church and how these nuns. You know, I always think of these nuns as these holy, very holy, very quiet, very solemn people. And I know this is probably not real, but. At least they were like, okay, we need to help her. We need they to were figure kind. out, and we need to figure out what she's where she's best suited. And and I think that's kind of the underlying theme of the movie is where you're best suited is not necessarily where you think you are. Because when she goes to be the governess for seven children, she's never watched children before. She's never had children. She actually chose a life where she wasn't going to have any children, and now she's in this house with this this powerful Christopher Plummer. And you know, seven children, and I didn't. Christopher Plummer. I mean, geez, I mean, he was a tall drink of water back in the day, man. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, seriously. Did but you think he was good looking? I thought he was just like, wow, that's Christopher Plummer because we all know Christopher Plummer as the ninety-year-old Christopher Plummer of like Knives Out or something like that. You know, just old and just very fragile and everything like that. This guy was just like, you know, a tall. Very dominant, you know, person, you know, and wonderful voice. Yeah, he had a great voice. And, you know, there's I read something like, you know, he was quoted like he hated the film so bad that he was pretty much like just drunk most of the time. These are like, you know, like stories about, you know, he said it was like, you know, he felt this movie was awful and very, I guess the term gooey or something like that. Was it because he wasn't used to being in a musical or I just think it was probably like out of his his comfort comfort zone, you know? And I'm pretty sure after the success and everything like that, I mean, years later, I'm pretty sure he retracted that, you know, like, yeah, it's cool, you know. Well, he, he has come back to it, but I think part of it was Julie Andrews. And I think it was very difficult to operate with someone so cheery. And I think she actually was very yeah. cheery and excited to be there. And this was like, this is her vehicle. If, if, you, if you look actors like Tom Cruise is made to play Ethan Hunt. Right. Yeah. In Mission Impossible. You look at actors like Brad Pitt is made to play the somewhat pensive husband. Crazy like, character. It's, yeah. It's yeah. his it's his character. This is Julie Andrews character. It's her vehicle to just be in a movie where she gets to star and play with songs like that's just that's she her. Married, she was in Mary Poppins, right? Yeah, she was Mary Poppins. She actually, yeah, they, she actually used to sing those songs like a spoonful of sugar, you know, to like the cast members filming this movie. And all the cast members, like the kids, were just like, what are you singing? This song's not here. And like, yeah. she was like on her, just another level with Mary Poppins and in this movie. And I think that you're talking about like pl- 
Plummer and Andrews, you know, there might have been like some type of like a, I don't know, like maybe a little hustle environment, but they're seriously been like amazing friends for like over like 55 plus years now. They really have like a special friendship. So I think this movie really kind of helped out with them. Well, and I will say this about Julie Andrews is I always saw in my head and just in my mind, because I'd never really read anything about her. I always thought she was like stuck up English, very proper. She was married to Blake Edwards. I was going to say, how could you be <laughs> that and be married to Blake Edwards? <laughs> so I think Blake she's Edwards, got a little bit of a... <laughs> Blake Edwards, who did uh, um, a Breakfast at Tiffany's. He did Breakfast at Tiffany's. He did Pink he Panther. Did, um, Pink Panther. He yeah. did uh, Great Race. Uh, yeah, my favorite movie. Huh? The director, was it Robert Rice? Yeah, Weiss? the director of this was Robert Weiss. Yeah, West Side Story, right? Yeah. So he was... Oh God, that's another was this, Was the right 60s there. just like his era? Well, Rogers, Rogers and Hammerstein. So is it Hammerstein or Hammerstein? I think it's Hammerstein. Oh, Hammerstein. Because he got best picture of this movie and also best director of this movie. Right. All same same thing with West Side Story. Right. Best director and best picture. And if I I haven't seen it, it's on my list. So because it's on my um, West Side Story. He's uh, he's, he's the doing AFI the, like, the, the AFI top one hundred. Yeah. List. So West Side Story is on there. I just bought it. But what I was shocked about. So uh, we watched um, Singing in the Rain last night. Yeah. Singing in the Rain's fifty nine, sixty one. Well, these movies that he's buying the. The quality is absolutely. <laughs> I've been watching these movies for years and picked up things that I had never seen. We before. literally just saw The Graduate like the two days ago, actually, and yeah, that was the Criterion. That was that was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was really amazing, dude. But the point of it, I'm trying I'm, that like this was. I don't know what it was about this. It, some technology must have happened where singing became huge on screen, because in the, from the 1915. Five till 1970 you had a string of musicals that were huge huge movies well and they would be on stage too right so, that so maybe that's where they were drawing a lot of their inspiration was plays and, and i don't know if it went on stage and then they decided you know it was so popular they well, would ha- i know movie. hammerstein what were on stage all of these were i know plays before they were um i believe this movies. was a play actually right you know, like a play in that like the real god could you but, imagine sitting in the state in the audience for three hours watching a, people there's play an intermission there's intermission <laughs> <laughs> <There's an> <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally respect that they I should like actually the start doing that i like, like the intermission you know? I, uh, honestly when they came up i was like okay i'm gonna get a drink yeah I actually passed out for a little bit, and then I woke back up, you know, because, you know. So let's talk about the kids and how freaking adorable these children are. Gretel? Nah, I don't think so. The kids look like from the village of the damn. No. They were spooky, oh, dude. Some of, them, some of them were adorable. No, what, they're... What was his name? What's his name? Fred. Fred. No, Fred. Eric. Yeah, but what she was saying, what's his name? She's praying. And she's oh. saying, yeah, God pray for the, what's his name? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kurt. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the concept of, of these seven... I, to me, children are always so hard to cast in movies, and it's always so hard to understand how they're going to react with each other. To me, these seven kids, whoever, you know, I don't know how they pulled them together, but they f- looked like siblings. They felt like yeah. siblings. They acted like siblings. You just don't get that very often. Once again, you, uh, I was watching The Mandalorian behind the scenes. I don't know if you've been watching that, Jeremy. Um, I only watched two episodes, but it's so Whatever amazing. it's called. I don't know what it's called, but it's... Uh, Basically, they're talking about how sometimes there's magic on top of magic. It's one thing to get magic on screen, and then all of a sudden, it's like a second layer of magic happens. And I think that happened with casting for sure in this, because honestly, you say you know Christopher Plummer was drunk and unhappy the whole time. Mm. Well, it was kind of as a character. It kind of fit perfectly in. It made him more believable. He was pissed off the whole time. I was going to say he didn't smile until... 
Until they started singing. Three quarter, yeah, until the kids started singing. I think he was probably like, oh, this is going to be this type of movie. Yeah. Okay, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> Didn't this movie save Fox Studios, actually, because they were like about to go bankrupt because they lost everything on Cleopatra? Kia, uh, Kia I believe so, yeah. What, what was the oldest? Uh, Fritz. No, the oldest daughter's name. Okay, so I got oh. Lisa. 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 Char- Charmaine Carr. Grugrind. Frederick. Kurt. Frederick. Frankenstein. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gretel. Marla. Brigitte. Sorry, Brigitte. Br- yeah, that's right. But the the oldest one, I, I remember she's like, oh, I always had a little crush on her when I was. She was so cute. Here, yeah. So the, uh, the Maria is the 12th governess in the line of governesses. So the, the, these kids have been through 12 freaking. Last one lasted two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they were probably creepy. Like, you know, come over they here. Come over here, governess. We got a story to tell you. <laughs> and then and then you kind of get into the first dinner and one of my, I think my favorite song of, of the entire movie. And you've got. Oh, when she sneaks out. She sneaks out for Rolf. So essentially, <laughs> all, you know, everyone's having dinner and then she hears the doorbell and you've got. But th- let's just put this in a greater picture because this is. A great, I mean, it's a great movie. This is great scenes, but let's just talk about this. He's an Austrian ex-military person, ex-captain from the Navy. And little Rolf is excited to be a messenger for the Nazis in a house where Christopher Plummer makes it very clear that the Nazis are not Austrians. The Austrians are not Nazis. The Austrians are are Austrians. Totally against it. She falls in love with Rolf and has this like secret, I think an emotional affair with the idea of Rolf. A crush. Yeah. And you and it all culminates in this kind of beautiful song where he's telling her that she's too young and uh The song was kind of interesting because it was just like I need to make sure that I tell you how to be a person. I don't think he's telling her what to do. I think he's warning her that she's not ready for the next life. She's not ready for for men for and and what he need for men and what she needs is someone older and wiser to protect her from the next step but i mean you set up this song and you know this this the scene in the gazebo and the rain's falling oh, down that's beautiful. and what my two favorite color combinations is the pink and gray same thing in white christmas i mean there's uh we were watching what were we watching the other night we were watching the graduate the other no, night no something so, like pink and gray? oh no we were so, watching so, uh, uh, american graffiti Amer- oh, and, the, and they were dancing, and it yeah. was Pinky Gray the Dance. Yeah. And it's like, those are, it's just, you, they, you sh- they stand out so wonderfully on screen. I don't know why. Well, the costume, I mean, just the sets, the costumes, and everything on this. I mean, that house was incredible. Oh, my gosh. On, th- the, on the river there. The house it was oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh. You got to think about, like, you know, back in the day, you had to be, you know, decent looking. You had to act, and you had to be a performer at the same time. You had to seriously be. Like they have like, you know, the triple thing. A about movie star. A movie star, yeah. But, but I mean, we, we just watched Singing in the Rain. You and really had to that's have talent. what that movie is about. Yeah. You had to have talent. You, had to, yeah. you, you had to have talent, yeah. yeah. But if you watch Singing in the Rain, that's what that movie is about. It's about a woman who was great in silent pictures and can't transition into talkies, can't transition oh. into, into, into... That makes it, sense. Yeah. Okay. Because she has a voice like this. <laughs> I, like, I like that dinner, though, how you're talking about it, because... Instantly, she could have rat out the kids a little bit, and she got kind of gained their respect instantly. Within like, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, they they play tricks. Okay, I can handle this. Like they're they're kids, and, and right there, yeah. all the kids is like, oh, okay, like she's not really ratting this out, you know, to the. Uh, it's almost what, like they get name? respect. The she's kind of one of us, yeah. yeah. 
So then, then it even is compounded because you have Liza, Liza sneaking in from her uh, fling with Rolf and gets <laughs> caught in the rain, and she she covers for essentially her. protects her, right? And you've got that kind of uh, that next musical number, which is the raindrops on roses, which I think is these the are my most, favorite things. Yeah, these are my favorite things. My the most famous. Song. You think that one is? What would you say? Well, I, I think I think you're right. That and Do Re Mi, maybe. I, Goodbye. I think. See, you got, <laughs> see, you got you got so long farewell. You got uh, you know Do Re Mi. You have you have you know these are my favorite things. You have something good, which is my favorite song, by the way. Oh yeah, that was really good. But these songs, I guess you, we keep saying it, they're classic. They're timeless. Right. I mean, Ariana Grande has a song uh, taking it from these are my favorite things to rings. You know, I am. Uh, what you think you got? You know, I mean, right. she uses that into the to this, you know, the 21st century. It's pretty freaking it's remarkable. It's yeah, still, it's still, and you look at these type of movies, especially. Um, I, I wouldn't say all the Rodgers and Hammerstein movies, like South Pacific, no, but Oklahoma, um, Sound of Music, <laughs> well, West Side Story, and it's yeah. funny because if you watch enough of the these the Hammerstein, Hammerstein, and yeah. Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> You you hear their style right. and and some of these songs you're going oh oh that's from Music Man right you know well and that was what's so great about I mean not to shoot off about the Disney movies the early Disney movies you had Howard Ashman and Alan Menken who oh. had this beautiful style through Beauty and the Beast and through uh, Little Mermaid and through all these different uh, great great music movies they were so good together yeah so good so. Um, I think we're going to take a little break here. We're going to take a, uh, make ourselves a second little intermission. cocktail. Intermission. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have we'll, a drink here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back. And I'm going to have my beer. I'm going to have, uh, what's it called again? Pink lemon, uh, p- p- uh, p- pink parasol. Oh, what? What? Fruit punch? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> when you read, you begin with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with do re mi fa sol la <laughs> Okay, so Eddie, um, let's talk about the discipline of uh, the child. The whistles, man. The whistles. The whistle. The, he had, yeah, the whistle. Yeah, the whistle for each kid. And then she's like, well, what's your whistle? And he, he took that really like, no one's ever stood up to me. And the kids were just like, oh, you my God. You are a governess. I, How dare you talk to me like that? I, I want to know if that was ad-libbed, like if he just did different sounds or if they actually, like I could see 1965, like, call up our whistle man. You know, the, the whistle, the whistle, the whistle man from... You know what? That would be a terrific behind the scenes just to find out how they came up with the whistle. He seemed, though, like Christopher Plummer, he seemed like a good dad. Like, for the most part, he just didn't have... Uh, like, he was, he had to be really hard to, you know... Oh, yeah, well, dude. Well, Jeremy, Jeremy, you just said it in the break. You said it perfectly. What did you say? I just said, like, well, what did I say in the break? Yeah, he doesn't want to look at the kids' faces. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, he didn't want to look at the kids' faces because it reminded him of his wife. Uh, and right. so it was just easy for him to just go, hey, I got to go on another cap- sea captain battle or whatever he had to do and whatnot, you know? And it, it makes sense, you know, like, and especially, like, he probably really loved his wife. I think the kids killed his wife, I'm just saying. No. Not. Stop. I'm just saying. Stop, that's just <laughs> like, hey, mother, come here, please. We got a story to tell you. Man, well, yeah. after seven, I mean. <laughs> but I loved the fact that you had a good, strong family. Like, there, there was family values. They sat down for dinner. They ate together. And, and, and the kids were, were each other's. I mean, they were there for each other. Yeah. And then you really did have this really cool transformation of characters. You had kids who were mean to their governor, governess, 
12 times, didn't want her around to, oh my gosh, I respect you. I want to learn from you. I'm going to be more respectful to my father and be better, better children. And can I wear the curtains? And can I wear the curtains? And, <laughs> and then you had Christopher Plummer who really changed quite a bit as the movie went on. He he went from this hard, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Authoritarian figure back to a dad and not just a dad, but like a good dad. Like he, I mean, he watched a puppet show. You know how hard that is. When well, he wanted to participate in their lives. Right. Yeah. yeah as soon as the yeah. music started, as soon as he heard some music, uh, his kids like, is that singing? Like, I haven't heard singing in this house for years. So does that mean that his wife, probably, they had song in the house? Yeah. Well, the fact that he could play the, p- the guitar, mm-hmm. and then he, he had that song, which he sang, like, what, three times? Was that his uh, wife's song? Uh, no, that was a song actually written. I believe I, I could be wrong, so don't don't quote me. Don't but I'm me. I'm pretty sure he was that move. That song was written for this movie for Austria. It is the song oh, okay. of Austria because Edelweiss is a flower, and it's a little white flower that grows, I believe, on the Austrian Alps slash Italian Alps. Slash it does, but I wonder if that was a. I wonder if that was an old song or was. I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know because to me, it's a Christmas mm-hmm. song. It always comes around at Christmas. But I don't think it is a Christmas song. It's a pretty song. <laughs> How was the Alps, by the way? Uh, Mary Rose and Sean. You guys well, saw when Alps. you fly on one side and go to Italy, <laughs> <laughs> the Alps are beautiful. Speaking no matter what country you're in. <laughs> Speaking of like uh, um, wearing drapes for clothes and whatnot, I can totally relate to that in some ways. My brother and I, because my mom used to like make clothes and like buy the same thing, and Eddie and I used to wear the same clothes all the single time. Like seriously, like if you've seen pictures of us, we're literally wearing the same clothes. I don't know why she would do something like that. Because it's cheaper you buy one piece oh, yeah. of fabric no, and you can make two shirts she would be afraid if we like it's like so i can make sure that both of you guys are actually i can find you guys that was the reason why i love it jeremy you're so, in red eddie you're in blue exactly <laughs> so captain leaves and leaves uh leaves all the children with a governess and this is where you kind of have a really cool montage of not them around the house they're they get out oh. they get out and they actually look at the beauty that is austria and it made me want to go to the. It made me want to go to Austria for sure. Uh, in, the, in the summer, it's gorgeous. And yes, they're wearing the curtains, and and they sing probably the most iconic song, which is Do Re Mi. One of the things about that song that I want I want to kind of point out is number one, Julie Andrews learned the guitar just for that song. Does she play any instruments? I don't know, but I know that she learned the guitar just for that song. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's pretty awesome. And yeah. um, they did that scene on the mountain in one take. Uh, where they're on the hills and the kids jump forward and that one big it's a it's a pretty big scene and they did it in one one tell me those kids didn't have a ball doing that movie i don't know how you couldn't following around julie andrews singing at the top of her voice she's still alive isn't she yes yes it's the the oldest daughter passed away i found out uh oh oh, what one of the um lizel lizel Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm so far away from my I know, do re me. <laughs> yeah, she passed away. The oldest, Lizel. She passed right. away in 2016. I actually think uh, one other one is gone too now. But they had a bunch of kids together too, didn't they? Right. So the actual this is based on a real story. I don't know if you knew that. The family, yeah, mm-hmm. Von family Trapp. Von Trapp. And really? Then, yeah. So yeah, then my dad had that album too. When oh. they left, um, they they escaped. Uh, they esca- when they escaped, they had like. Four more, five more children, and these were not the names of their children, by the way. Do we know what the names are? Yeah, they they did like a whole retrospective probably cool. five years ago, and, like they, and they did do albums, and I think they went to Canada and then Vermont. Did they yeah, settle like in Vermont? Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know. You got to look. So at it. Do you know? So no, it's a true story. No, because yeah. Maria pretty much said like you know she felt like her story was very Hollywood eyes. Is that a word? Yeah. What I'm making it. And she said like you know I really truly did not really love you know you know the captain. She liked him, but she was really loved more with the children and everything. So they kind of actually made it more of a love story for the film, you know, because you know that's what Hollywood does. Right, and I I do feel like uh, Christopher Plummer. As a character, the captain was, he did a good job in making it. I thought so too, because I was surprised. I was, because I was watching the part where he sends home the fiance or she sends herself home. She was so classy. She, other than trying to get rid the of Maria. But yeah. when she, she broke up with Eddie, him, Eddie don't, Eddie don't like the Baroness. Yeah, I first, don't like the Baroness. I was like, either. what is she doing? Well, Why? Yeah, I agree. She knows with what you. she's doing. She doesn't know. She, she was beautiful. She was. She was amazing. Yeah. She, she didn't know how to play with the kids, though. You know? And then, like, you know, Julie <laughs> Andrew was just like, I'm a better parent. So, you know, and she just took, her, took, him, took him away. But I was wondering how they were going to get this stuffy captain to tell Julie Andrews that he was in love with they her. They put him in green velvet. That's what they did. Well, he he was good in green velvet. <laughs> but I was surprised because he he did it. It was a beautiful, beautiful. It was your favorite scene. It was a beautiful scene. Where They're he, talking about the song where they actually do the song Something Good. Well, that's the first time he, he says, yeah. See, I was on, like, on the fence with this movie. We're skipping ahead a little bit. So oh, just, sorry. No, go no, back. No, it's fine. I'm just telling you. Go ahead. We're on the fence. You're on the fence. Okay. Because we got to go back to the party when they sing farewell and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, and we oh, on the puppet show. Yeah, on the puppet <laughs> show. But that part on something good when they were actually both together in that scene. To me, I was on the fence until I saw that scene. That was the first time in this movie I was able to connect with the character, not the characters, but I this I felt a connection on that part. Something good. You felt a connection to yourself or a connection with just, them together? No, with myself and just with the characters. It was just like, and the lyric is. Nothing comes from nothing. Nothing can ever could. Somewhere in my youth, I must have done something good. When you find that person or something like that, that person that you're just like, you found it, you're like, I must have done something good here. Something to deserve it. To deserve it. And that part right there, and how it's shot, and, it's, and you know, the director of photography on everything, it was unbelievable. No, I'll leave it at that. We can go back to that part. Okay, and I'm just going to say Jeremy's in so, love. So let's just bet. Yeah, he is. He's in dog, puppy dog love. <laughs> uh, so let's go back uh, to we have we – have, uh, Started with Do Re Mi. They're they're singing throughout Austria, and then the captain comes home with the Baroness with um, Uncle Max. Sees and his kids in the trees. Sees his kids <laughs> in the trees and rowing, and then the boat capsizes. And you've got kind of a a playful edge. Like I I, I felt like Christopher Plummer almost caught himself laughing a couple of a times, couple times before he was stern. So you have this nice transition between a very stern, regimented captain to. Then he like basically tells Marie to go home. Oh, she was pissed. He was pissed. And then they walk in the house, and the kids are singing to the Baroness, and they're Beautiful singing scene. "Sound of Music." Sound of Music, right? Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, you have this like I, I don't know. It's that house was very Vatican, uh, very very much like the Vatican to me, where the light came through. And if you look at the blocking of that shot, so the Vatican in a good way, in a good way, yeah. But he's yeah, not not in the um, anyway. He, if you look, he's standing framed by the doorway going into this room where the kids are singing to the Baron Baroness, and light is coming from the room onto him. And then he turns and she's on the stairs, and the stairs are super dark except for where she's standing. And he kind it's this angelic moment where he realizes he connects the two and he realizes that she's the reason 
that life is coming back into the house and she's the reason he just sent her away and he immediately apologizes. He yeah, like immediately that. apologizes. Do you remember what she said about that no. when the door opens? The Lord must always usually let the door open for us to go through or something like that. She oh. said something like that. So that's funny that you say that because that's exactly what she actually quoted, you know, which is pretty awesome. And and the backdrop of religion in this movie I thought was really interesting because it did not it wasn't about Maria turning her back on the church or turning her back on the convent. It was almost like she found something she was better suited for where she could live her purpose. Well, the mother superior said that to her. Right. Just because, you know, you're not choosing the church doesn't mean you're not choosing God. Yeah. And, and you can and still love something as much as you love, you know, you're not going to love God any less just because you love something else. Right. And later, the Climb the Highest Mountain song, you have her telling her to reach, not, don't settle for the convent. You need to find your mountain and some some people the convent is the mountain but find your highest peak go as far as you possibly can go and i thought that song was so beautiful and it uh, that's after the intermission but let's just let's let's stick stick to the schedule so, like so jeremy hair, you and i got ahead but huh? then now he's at almost to the end of the movie yeah i like i like sean's <laughs> hair i just want, I just want can we get a call sean to sean's like hair a, sean looks like a heartthrob quarantine man. has been uh, very <laughs> it's like hey we need, that we movie, need to Legends discuss of the sean's hair <laughs> Quarantine has not allowed Bradley Cooper. He's still Bradley Cooper right now. Yeah. It's all right, funny. all right. <clears throat> like he's all shy now. So, <laughs> so you've got the the kids singing to the Baroness, and then you have um, Christopher Plummer uh, finally breaking down and singing his the song he sings three times, which is the Edelweiss song. Because that's the only song he, he also can sing. was dubbed. <laughs> Did you know that? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? He didn't. It wasn't him singing. It wasn't him singing. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> Which, oh. which you got to give a lot. Of, you got to give this movie a lot of credit because, like Julie Andrews, you know that like, she's actually doing the song, like knocking this out of the park each time. It's pretty remarkable. So we go through um, kind of this theme of revitalization of the house that the house is being brought life back into, or people are bringing back life back into the house, and you have a dance or a, a big, um, not a ball. a ball, yeah, a ball, a ball, and uh, this is kind of. This is right before intermission, so the the ball leads into intermission, and you've got the captain looking happier than he's looked since you started the movie. You've got the Baroness in beautiful clothes. You've got not looking as happy, not looking as happy, (laughs) and then you've got the kids who, to me, this goodbye, the farewell song once again. It's hard to pick the best song because this song is just my favorite song. Yeah, (laughs) you like it only because of Family Guy. No. I've always liked that song. I always, I admit, just, just seeing the kids and how they all have their little part in it, and just it's a good family <laughs> song. <laughs> so it reminded family me of Mimi and St. Louis a little bit when she gets to sing before she goes to bed. Right. And then the dance too. There was there wasn't there a dance between the between the cool. captain cool. and Maria. And oh wait, the, I thought that was that song. We're not doing uh, that song. The Baroness saw that and was just like, oh, claws are out. Yeah. Let's and get that's rid of Maria. Yeah, so Maria. Maria out. <laughs> so actually, I will defend the Baroness a little bit because I don't think the Baroness intentionally was kicking. I mean, she was. She was kicking Maria out. But she did it in a way that was, you realize what's happening. Not accusatory. Not like, you're destroying my life. Like, you realize he's falling in love with you. I disagree. No, I actually agree with Sean about this. <laughs> I disagree. I, no, I think I agree with Mary Rose. Nah, I, I feel like the Baroness was like, hey, that's my man. I actually came here first. You decide. You, you decided to come here and actually decide to go. Oh, I have feelings now, and then you're gonna actually use that. Come on. Was so that you're disagreeing, you're disagreeing with Sean. Sean? No, I'm with Sean. No, Sean That's thinks Sean. the Baroness was being nice and yeah. and doing it to to yes, make Maria. Yes, she was. She could have been like, listen, 
I can ruin your life. Yeah. I can destroy you. Know, I you. could cut you in the middle of the night and nobody would even know. <laughs> I would bury you in the lake. We could just put you in the lake. Seriously. She could have been. I'm going to wrap you in curtains and throw you in the river. <laughs> she I'll show you some of my favorite things. <laughs> she could have been super evil on this. This could have been like one of those like. Uh, Agatha Christie type of movies and okay, stuff like yeah. that. So what do you think? I think she was. I, I mean, she wasn't evil. She was. She was not nice. She was always looking at Maria. Yeah, like, she, she knew could, that Maria was her competition. Yep. She knew that the the captain was in love with Maria. She kept saying and stuff she wanted to, the to marry. The, yeah. Although she didn't need. See, which is this is nice. She didn't need him. She had her own money. She was wealthy. She wanted him to need her yeah and right and that that's something that i thought was interesting with the like, like you asked in the break what why was max and the baroness kind of like they were coer- coercing georg into getting married or to move on and it was in his best interest they were trying to get him to rejoin society yeah because there's a couple of comments made where he's a different person when he goes to the the lake or the country wherever he was going to see these people he was a different person. And the reason he was a different person is because he was without his kids and he wasn't there with the constant reminder of the woman that he lost, mm-hmm. his wife. Now he was blending the two together and they were trying to force, they were trying to force it together. And it was pretty apparent that the Baroness did not get along with the kids the same way Maria did. No, boarding school. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, they threw the ball at her and everything like that. She was trying to play basketball. <laughs> yeah, she was talking about boarding school, like, and then she she put in the head of Maria, like, hey, I think those kids need to boarding school. No, but her. she put in the head of Maria, like, hey, like, you have obviously took in the eyes of him, and you're not, and and she knows Maria's like really like good persons. Like, well, that, I wasn't trying to do that, like, so and you're blushing, and so like she she put the little seed in her head. She knew what she was doing. She put. She took advantage of Maria's. How do you say? It? See, I, and I don't naive. agree with that. No naivete. Yeah. I don't think that she did. I think that she b- went blunt, right for exactly what she knew. What would embarrass? Not embarrass. That she would say was against Maria's calling. Maria was supposed to be a nun. She wasn't supposed to be falling in love with uh, rich socialites with seven children. She was there to be a governess. That was her purpose. That's what God sent her there to do. And she, knew, Baroness, I believe, knew that by saying, hey, you've, you've, you've stolen his gaze, then she was defying her purpose. And that, it was a blunt knife going right into her chest. Okay, so damn it, her I back might on track of that. what she was supposed to be doing. But she was a dragon woman. <laughs> Yes, but look at how graceful she was in her departure. She was. So, because, uh, yeah. So basically, she had to. <laughs> uh, Maria goes. So Maria goes to back to the convent. Yep. Escapes the, the children. Doesn't say goodbye. And then she, she left a letter. Uh, yeah. Left a letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she uh, she talks to the the people at the convent. And the convent basically sends her back because because that was her because purpose. Because Maria was was their first priority. And a nice, Maria. nice green. That was, a, that green that was really a dress. sweet, sweet. Oh, let's talk about the yeah. dress chair. Okay. Oh. So uh, the person who I was watching this, my girl, uh, she told me, "Did you just see that?" She goes, "Did you just see that one person that was actually going to get brought into like the nun world and everything that she was wearing that dress?" And then you see the next scene that Julie Andrews is wearing the same dress. She literally wore the same dress. I'm like, I'm so glad that you're watching this movie with me because I did not catch. <laughs> I got to go back and watch <laughs> so, that part because well, no, they. they, they <laughs> They talked to her at the very beginning when she comes like those are the clothes like yeah Pat, or, uh, Christopher Plummer's like um, the captain's like that's that's what you're like that's what you're wearing seriously and she goes well you're supposed to give up all your clothes when you join the convent and uh, we give them away to the poor 
And she's, I think she says, and the, the poor didn't want these. <laughs> so you literally see someone like wearing that outfit, you know, go join the convent, putting the outfit away. And, you know, Maria it's comes back Maria with that the, same outfit, just like, what's dress. up, you know? And that was it, you know, because like the captain was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, you got me there. Oh, shit. <laughs> AJ, you're not leaving this time. You know, I ain't letting you go this time. And so, um, w- okay, so now that brings us to kind of the, the Jeremy's favorite song, which is um, something, something good. good. So I did not know where this song was from when I heard it the first time. And the first, I be, believe it or not, the first time I ever heard the song, what, not, I mean, I've seen this movie, but um, was in the show Boston Legal. And it was one of these women was going after Tom Selleck, and all she did was sing to him show tunes. And I thought it was from Wicked. Oh, my gosh. And so I, this song caught me off guard so much to hear it in this movie. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, that's where it's from. And it fits so beautifully. And it's almost like the perfect culmination of all the different feelings from all the different songs into one lyric base that because it was talking about her as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, that, that whole scene when you see two people connected together. And that scene was just shot perfectly. I can't really describe how much that scene it just, it was just stunning. It was intense. It was so stunning just to watch that scene. But it was, there was so much emotion in that scene. Maybe it was. And I think there's something more beautiful about these two older, you know, older people but, that just have come from a background. And they're just like, I'm so glad that whatever I've done in my life, it actually brought you into my life. And I think that's the coolest fucking thing, how they actually did that part. And then you can actually get that from that scene. I, I agree. I mean, there's. One of the things that I think musicals suck at is conveying emotion. Yeah. I uh, because they, yeah, they don't get serious. Well, because they just start getting into emotion and then they break they out break in into song. song. But, this, but yeah. and she did break into song and, and that kind of, you know, I was waiting for it because you loved that, that scene so much, but they really were having a connection there. And he was redeeming himself for being the grumpy sea captain. He was, he was in love with her. It was and convincing. There's, there's, there's only so many um, mo- movie songs like that that I was. We're watching the greatest show. You know, I'm not gonna bring that one up, but there are some others. There's, there's the resolution songs. Yeah, where exactly. you know you, you have this conflict, and all of a sudden everything, everybody comes together, and it, it works fine. And I'm reminded of Calamity Jane, where she sings "Secret Love," and "Secret Love" is one of the most beautiful songs, uh, one of the most beautiful songs you've ever heard, and it's a song about about her basically having a hidden love for another person. I felt like this was, they both had a hidden love and they were exposing it at the same time. And it kind and of, they weren't holding this, anything back, right. which, which surprised me too, because she wanted to hold it back a little bit. And then, and then it just came out. Yeah. 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 He got it out of her. He got yeah. it out of her. It was like, yeah. you know, like, no, we're but, not going to do and this. It was yeah. forthcoming. She yeah. didn't want to hold it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then they have the impossibly long wedding scene. Oh my and gosh. I have very few negatives to say about this movie. This yep. wedding scene was ridiculous. You liked her dress? You didn't like it that she was being followed by all the nuns, you know, walking her. I didn't like that it was a 14 minute <laughs> silent wedding scene. How often so... does a nun get married? Yeah, they were all happy. You just like, you know, like, I want this you know, one. It's like, you're getting married. That means we're getting married too. <laughs> <laughs> And and the Abbey looked beautiful and Austria looked beautiful and it was just like okay, I could have done with a four minute wedding scene like it was so long. Yeah, I the, thought it was the end of the movie. That's, that's <laughs> and and you're right. That's one of the things the negative about this movie is that it is 
a very very long movie it is like it's like let's just keep it let's just spread, spread it thin as we can possibly can you know and you're just like yeah there's some parts of the element of the movies so that could have been like i could have done without that you know you could have shortened it exactly I mean, you could have, yeah you could have shortened it but you could have shortened it by 20 minutes that wouldn't got you much the, the well would have gotten rid of your they wedding. had the song what are you gonna do with maria still what are you gonna do with maria <laughs> as she was walking down the aisle yes yeah. eddie eddie how does that go i don't know maria <laughs> what's the problem how do you solve a problem how do you solve a problem with maria at all They've solved the problem yeah, now. That's really cute. I mean, it's someone else's problem now. Yeah. <laughs> Georg. Georg. Um, so then we've got, uh, they go on a honeymoon, and when they get back from the honeymoon, we kind of skipped over this before, but it's a Max. a long honeymoon, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think they did do long honeymoons. Back in the day, yeah. Well, mm. think about travel like, like, alone, okay? So uh, it took them forever to get wherever they were going. And then it took forever to get back. So like we have we have we went when we went to Italy, we, we traveled with people from Australia. It took them 24, like 24 travel hours to get to us to, to Italy. Fuck. And so when <laughs> you crazy. when you take that long to get somewhere, it's like, yeah, I'm going to stay for like a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so they go on their honeymoon and they get back. And we kind of skipped over this part in the movie before where Max was trying to get the kids to enter a singing competition. We did skip also the puppet show. Yole, yole, yole. <laughs> <laughs> Just one song High after another, man. High on the hills of the lonely, lonely, uh, goat. lonely goat shepherd. Yole, yole, yole. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the Baroness is like, what can't you, you can do? Really have yeah. a, you can really have a fun time, like, you know, like, you know, drinking, like, you know, let's say every time they buzz on a song and every time you <laughs> oh, hear that word, take a good drinking take movie. A drink. yeah. It's a really good drinking <laughs> game of a movie, dude. Oh, uh, so then we've, we've kind of switched from this, this love story into kind of a more serious tone where the Nazis have invaded Austria. The first time, too, he's like, oh, this is right around then now. Right. right. It, puts it puts it in puts perspective. On, it puts a timestamp on it. And and Rolf, you know, you've, you've, you've kind of established Rolf earlier in the movie. Her, him and Liza have... Like, Lisa? Liesel. Liesel have a, a little bit of a relationship. He's the messenger. And he says a couple of things during throughout the movie, like, uh, oh, I shouldn't have told you that, you know, this general was here, that this was here. And there was definitely some unrest between the Austrian people and the... <laughs> Well, um, Georg, yeah, um, he had words with somebody at his ball. Remember, right? About Austria being oh, Austria, yeah. it not, was that, uh, not, not Nazi, Nazi yeah. Germany. Yeah, it immediately condone the seriousness or uh, confirm the seriousness of what what they were what they were kind of trying to escape. And they left their beautiful home. Oh, they left that gorgeous home, and they tried to escape. And Max was trying to get him to join the homeland. singing competition. Then they went to the singing competition. And performed. And, okay, and this is where you kind of have to go, okay, yes, this is a movie with Julie Andrews singing in a field of, of you know, beautiful grass. Edelweiss. And at the end of the day, they're singing in a competition knowing that, first of all, this is the last time that they're going to see their homeland. Number two, they're going to try to escape and possibly die from the Nazis. Like, Yeah, this song, this song was for Austria. You know, that's, that, that was kind of like the, you know, the captain's... Like, you know, this is for Austria, you know. And I loved how he was singing it and he he lost it. He lost it like right at the end and she had to come in and save him. And it just made it it just made it that much better. I don't know. I don't know whose decision that was, but it just. I think it was actually the, just the chemistry between Plummer and Andrews. Like, I don't even know if that was something that he actually was feeling. 
And I think it was probably probably hard for him to actually get through that scene. And I think Andrew is just like, I'm not going to let that person going to go by himself. Like, I'm going to stand with you, you know, through these hard times and whatnot before I'm, I'm going to go with you to the end of the days. And I freaking so love that. So Maria's character. That, Maria, Maria's yeah. character, yeah. So uh, then after the singing competition, Max basically ensures that they escape through the abbey and then through the hills, the, the hills of the music. And <laughs> well, that scene with Ralph and everything like that, where like he confronts, you know, you know, the captain and he's like, you're not going to do this. So it was part of the Abbey. It was part of the Abbey. Yeah. It was a cemetery, cemetery. The Abbey, and they're escaping and they all get away except for the captain is the last person there. And I thought for sure he was gone. I thought they were going to kill him. Um, and you had I Rolf. Too. I was like, was I was like, the, did he die in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> part of the search party. And what, what I like to say is you can, he said, uh, or what I liked about it is he said, you can come with us. Like you, you're not, this isn't you. You're not, you're never going to be one of them. You're, yeah. You're never going to be one of them. You're always going to be Austria. You come with us and we'll protect you. We'll, you know, and he just turns. Lieutenant. He's a Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Because escape thing. With his vista. <laughs> 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 They're escaping! They're escaping! <laughs> <laughs> Into the hands we must go! You know, it's like, wrong choice, you know, dude. <laughs> the, the ending is a little accurate because uh, they're actually crossing the Alps, right? They're going to be, you know, crossing into Germany. So there's a chance that they're actually going to get caught in the end when you think about it. Well, okay, so the Alps <laughs> go into, like, a bunch of different countries. It, it spreads out a little bit, Yeah, right? but they're going to the... They're, uh, going, the, to the, they're, they're going to a place where they can get out. Yeah, they're where, going to Where out. did they escape? Uh, they but, ended up going to Canada and Vermont, I think. So. I, I think Vermont yeah. is where they, yeah. The whole idea, though, is he gets them out and he can actually get a different identity. Right. You know, and, and he could be someone else. Well, and, you know... When you have seven Not a Von Trapp singing children. <laughs> the Von Trapp <laughs> the Von family Trapp. singers. Seven Von Trapps. Are you guys the Von Trapps? No, we're just another seven <laughs> kids. No, no, we're another seven singing We're <laughs> seven lights of children. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides their score on our scale zero to five. Eddie, can you take us through our scale? Oh, I love this part. <laughs> zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a feel-good first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber or lifting home. Four, a rough morning walk to shame. Five, you blackout, shit face, spring break drunk. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's start with uh, Jeremiah. You going to start with me, dude? Mary Rose. <laughs> start with Mary Rose. <laughs> start with Mary Rose. I lost, I lost my notes. Uh, it's, it's on, it's on, it's on, it's on it's the on top. top. I was looking. T- I was going to start with Mary Rose, but now I can see her <laughs> dancing around. <laughs> yeah, isn't that it? On, no, oh, no. That's Sean's right. rental. Oh, that's all right. Don't worry. We got it. We got all the time. Uh, high yep. on a hill, there was a. Thank you. Ladies first. Okay. I did not prepare for this. But um, I'm a sucker for a musical. I grew up with musicals. I love musicals. And I remember that Sound of Music was never one of my favorites. I think probably because I didn't feel like Christopher Plummer was the leading man of my dreams. I thought (laughs) Julie Andrews is this beautiful woman. Then you have Christopher Plummer. It's like, he's an old man. And, you know. Fred, I was young. He's no Gene Kelly. <laughs> so Fred Astaire said no to the part. Well, Fred Astaire oh, would have no. been terrible. <laughs> don't say that. I like Fred Astaire. He's no uh, Gordon McRae. <laughs> and you don't oh, even know who that is. <laughs> anyway, so I was a little hesitant to watch it. And um, I put it on and realized why this movie is a classic, why everybody loves it. 
it was magical. It was charming. Um, Julie Andrews was perfection. The music, the costumes, the sets, the story, and go ahead. I want to. I want to give it a zero. It's okay. You can. because I really I I didn't need anything to watch this movie. Oh, I loved I it. I literally have. T- I have. I have a person. I have a person that um would definitely agree with you 100 percent on that <laughs> okay and can i just say this yeah you are one lucky man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i must have did something good <laughs> can we sing somewhere in your youth uh, uh, zero wow zero. Okay, okay it was so good it's a perfect movie you don't need shit to enjoy it yeah eddie you want, you want to go yeah i can go next um this was a movie that i also, at first, I was like, okay, out of all the musical movies, I didn't really, it's not, in my head, it wasn't the very top. It always had, like, Grease up there for some reason. But I, d- yeah. I have watched this movie many times, but like I said, that this was the first time actually watching it through different lens. You know, like, I was like, I never actually pa- sat in, for, 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 when I was younger, I remembered, oh, that, that, you know, there's Nazis in this movie. <laughs> and then watching this now, I was like, where's the Nazis? The Nazis aren't even here. Like, they're not, they're, 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 they're not the Nazis. They're they're not, not, they're he's not in the gazebo. They're not until the fa- final <laughs> 30 minutes of the movie. It's like, oh, this movie actually has a, a plot, a story. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Like I, like I was saying, within the second uh, song, I was dancing and singing. I was like, oh my God, like, I'm really, really enjoying this movie. And... It just shows you a uh, love of how the dad, a, a journey of the dad of, you know, what he's been through with s- seven children and he lost his wife and he's almost in this state of mind of depression of like he's just going through life and then this, he brought in someone in his house that was able to, he was able to find love with his children, you know, again and, and sh- he saw the, the connection with her and it just, it, so many, it hit so many different points for me that, you know, when, you know, uh, and there's a lot of, uh, the scenes were crazy beautiful too. Like just Austria made me want to say, is this really Austria? That's like, is this, cause it's, it was on point. Uh, <laughs> and so I started, I, I seriously, in my head, I started at a five like, or a four. I was going to say, I don't want to watch I was it. Say, don't rain me. He was yeah, at a three. I was say, yeah. I was going to say, okay, this is going to be point break. It's going to finally yeah. get to this revenge. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, okay, but then it got, it was so hard not to enjoy the movie. Like, I really tried to, but I was like, okay, it's just like, uh, so I'm going to give this actually a one. I feel good first cocktail. I like this movie a lot, and I feel like I definitely would like my kids to see this movie. It, it has a lot of history in the movie. It's just like, there's so much, I enjoy the movie. At first, I was like, it was, it's hard not to like this movie. Uh, so uh, who, who would like to go first? Uh, after third? Oh, I'll go. Jeremiah? Okay. Okay. Um, I think there's two sides of the film. There's the musical side, which, you know, sometimes, and everyone can agree, it can be have a little corny, syrupy type of vibe to it. You know, you're just like, okay, you guys are always happy and everything like that. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong, you know. I'm so happy. But it's also a wonderful movie, and it's a timeless movie. And, however, I think the story is just a little bit kind of thin. I think it gets overshadowed by the performance. But all in all, it's a grand film. And... The thing for me is like it kind of just leaves you wondering what happened to the, the, the Von Camps. Von Traps. The Von Traps. The Von Traps. It kind of leaves you like what happened with the Von Traps. I want a little more of that story. Part two. You know, I, no, it just, it just leaves you like them walking on the hills. You're just like, okay, well, they're walking on the hills. Um, however, I think the movie stands on Julie Andrews. I mean, she's the one who made this film. And I think the chemistry between Andrews and Plummer is something that I just totally enjoyed. Again, the musicals are classic. I was like Eddie D. I was just like, man, this is a 
fucking five. I'm not going to do this, <laughs> you know, you know, but then I look at this list and this movie deserves to be in, at least in the top five. Yes, this movie deserves to be in the top five. You know, I was going to rate it at three or two, you know, Twilight's not, you know, you you know, and and, and I'm looking at this list and it's only fair to put this movie in the top five. And I feel like for me, this is a, 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 a first good cocktail with a, uh, with a little half of a shot. So this is a 1.25 for me. All right. 1.25. That's nice. So, uh, I like Eddie and Jeremy, when I sat down to watch this movie on the couch through Disney plus was like, um, I'm gonna give this a shot because (laughs) I was like, I was a little bored and I was like, you know, I remember the songs and I remember Julie Andrews and I was like, Oh, maybe this will be like, you know, decent. And from the, I think I called, I called you like five minutes into the movie. I was like, where has this movie been? It's fantastic. (laughs) And it's like, it just keeps hitting you. Like Jeremy said, from the first opening, when she opens her mouth and starts singing in the first 30 seconds of the movie, it, it sweeps you up into this world where Julie Andrews is the most beautiful voiced person you've ever seen on screen. And she's beautiful. And she's beautiful. Oh yeah. And she's. And she's a strong character who's compassionate and and stands up to Christopher Plummer, yet is so nice to the kids. And it's just she's everything that you'd want in a mother, in a governess, in anything like she's perfect. And I'm not a huge Mary Poppins fan. This is not my thing. I disagree. I I get that. I love Mary Poppins. (laughs) But to me, this was just like this wholesome family movie. And it had so many life lessons about the strictness of parents and how the kids need to respect the parents and the kids respect the parents as soon as the parents start respecting the kids and giving them, you know, things. I don't think she was not strict. I don't think I think she wanted the best out of the kids. She taught them to sing as a form of of regimented, you know, playtime. This was not it wasn't just play all the time. I, she was wonderful, and and as far as the movie is concerned, the the songs from tip to stern, except for you know, one or two, are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you just don't get that. You don't get tip to stern. It's like an album. You know, maybe there's two or three great songs. This had twelve great songs. Uh, the acting was fantastic. Christopher Plummer, as much as everyone you know gives him crap about the movie, I thought his angst in the movie was marvelous. I thought the whole movie was marvelous, and then it was set against a time period where you actually felt. Like they were, they might not get out. Like they might not get out of Austria. He might not get out of Austria. Who was going to have to sacrifice themselves to get them out? Was it going to be the, you know, the governess? No, but seriously, it's like, (laughs) I I know Jeremy, you know, they're, they just went wandering in the hills at the end, but that was their, that was their freedom. They they escaped. Just Uh, felt like they're going right straight to Germany. I was was nervous for them. (laughs) So for me, like, go the other way. For me, the movie just hit on all cylinders from the first moment, and it really didn't let up. I have a complaint about the wedding scene. It was too long. There's the song where she goes from the Abbey to their house. Don't care for that one. Other than that, I think it's perfect. It's two songs. And so I look at it from a musical perspective. It's probably the greatest musical ever constructed. I look at it from a movie perspective, and I watched it, and I was just as engaged now as I would have been in 1965, or I will be 65 years from now. It is engaging. It's an engaging movie. So for me, it's it's perfect. It's a zero. Got two zeros on this, yo. Okay. So Eddie, when we uh, com- combine the scores and divide by four, what do we got? Zero plus zero is zero. Plus one. Plus one point two five. Plus one point two five. Divided by four. 
That's not. That's, that's not right. right. That's not right. Hold yeah, on. Come on, get your stuff. Get your shit together. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> he, he got twelve. He, he, he was like, it was like, it was like two. It was like, that's not right, dude. Yeah, that's what I was like. What? It's this phone. Hold it's on. two point two five no, divided by four. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so it's point five six. Point five six. Oh. Yep. Point so five six. When you uh, look at uh, our uh, list, rounding it up, that would be point five six. So it's point five six two five. No, so that's point five six. Well, no, put it at point five six two five. Point five six two five. Yeah, but it's still gonna be. It's, it's going to be one or two. No, it's number third, three. Third. Oh. It's what's number a, what's three. What's above? Fill the dreams and perks of being a wildflower. And then perks of being a wildflower is a 0. 0.5. This is a 0. 0.56. Let's do our math one more time. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's it. No, that's it. It's, yeah. Just to make sure. Yeah, it's 2.25 divided by four, which is 0. 0.5625. So this is. <laughs> 0. 0.5625. Am I, are you not reading it? Wait, it's right there. <laughs> what? Bro, so this is actually in the top three of our films. So first we've got Fill the Dreams. Fill the Dreams. Uh, it's a point two five, and we got Perks of Being a Wallflower. It's a zero point five, and this falls down to a point five six. And what's right after it? Uh, Joker, which is a zero point six. Okay, so it's definitely in top five. It's the third best movie we re- we've reviewed. It should be in the top five. Hey, that's pretty impressive. It should be in the top five. Nineteen sixty-five. It should be. In the it top was hard five. not to like this movie in the end. It was like, okay, this is a good movie, and it's better than Twilight. Like it's better than it's Christmas better than Point Break. Yeah. It's better than Point Break. <laughs> well, point, point Break. <laughs> I think it's we might than, need to re-review Point Break I and get that a little like higher on the list. Feel like seriously, dude. Yeah, you should watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, that just about wraps it up for us. If you enjoyed our review or fan of the podcast, we ask that you please subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a five star review on iTunes. If you're interested, you can find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. <laughs> uh, you can visit our website at gentlemanpodcast.com or if you want to reach out, you can do so by email at hosts at gentlemanpodcast.com. For legal reasons, we don't condone or encourage anyone under the age of 21 to drink along with us. And of course, because we live in a ridiculous society where people are stupid, stupid, we must ask you, please don't drink and drive. If you're listening to us in the car, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you in our next musical. Anyway, cheers. 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 So long. Farewell. I'll be Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>